part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Dear Gracious Father, um, I'm just so glad that we are loved by you. We are loved by your mercy and your grace. Father, I just uh, pray and lift up uh, the service today, Father, because uh, today is a day of uh, great honor because it's something that you've called us into and in, in your love and your mercy, just serving others. And uh, we honor Jeff today. And thank you for uh, reaching down and grabbing him out of his life where he was before he met you. And thank you for just reaching out and grabbing him and, just, and bringing him to your light. Because, Father, you have done some amazing things through Jeff and through uh, his family. Father, right now, I just pray, Father, that... Uh, as we, uh, the Psalms, Psalms tells us that, you know, as we decrease, you may increase. And, Father, may you increase in the life and abundance in Jeff as he steps into this, this gory thing called, uh, I don't know, just being called by you. What an honor. What an honor it is. Father, thank you for this day, how beautiful it is, and how, to, how beautiful it is to be loved by you. In your name, amen. Well, today is a little bit different from uh, our normal service. And uh, we get the great opportunity, and as I said before, celebration to uh, to be able to uh, agree and confirm and on here on earth uh, what has already been confirmed in heaven. Uh, that's from Daryl last week at the ordination council. He said that so beautifully, and he said, you know, we're just man's testimony on earth here of what God has already done in heaven. And I agree. Why do we do this publicly? Why is it something that we just don't do privately? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is a time of celebration. But it's also a time that we can, uh, you know, God, God can stir our hearts. Today is not about one man. It really isn't. I promise you it's not about Jeff. And he would be the first one to tell you that. In fact, he would be embarrassed that we even kind of make that uh, a center point of, of uh, this confirming of what God has done. But how many of you ever have ever heard of a uh, missionary? And when they talk about when they were called into that mission service, it wasn't when they were 25 or 28 or 32 or something like that. A lot of times they, their story goes all the way back to vacation Bible school. They said, you know, I just remember that in vacation Bible school we were sitting there and this person came down and looked weird because they were in this native garb of some country that I had never heard of before. And they came in and they began to share how God had called them to go to these uttermost parts of the world to share the gospel, this good news of Christ with people. And a lot of those missionaries will say, you know, I knew maybe not of God's call at that time, but God began to stir something in my heart. I think that's one reason why we want to do a public time of confirming, not only to encourage Jeff, but also to encourage our own hearts. Are you glad that God is still in the business of calling out men and women to follow him, to serve him, to do ministry? of the gospel, to share the good news, whether it's as a missionary, as, as a minister, as, as a head of a ministry like I serve, that God calls out to this day men and women for special purpose. I almost want to preach the whole sermon from last week again because I really believe that every believer, if you are called of Christ, that is, if you've been called into redemption uh, through the, the blood of Christ, then you have been called out. We are the church for the called out people. I do believe that God still continues to call, sometimes in a very general way, but other times quite, quite specifically. When we look in the Bible, because we want to make sure that the Bible is always kind of the, the foundation for anything that we ever do among men, that the, the Bible is the one that's dictating, not culture, not tradition, or some 
that somebody came up with. And we go through the Bible, we begin to see, especially in the New Testament, even though it's not void of the Old Testament, the Old Testament we have this called out people, the Israelites. We, we see the Levites being set aside for special duty among the 12 tribes of Israel. But in the New Testament, after the coming of Christ, the life, death, and burial, resurrection of Christ, we do see in that New Testament age uh, some calling out. Uh, first we see the, the deacons. We see deacons, men that are to serve the church and serve the people of the church, the body of Christ. We see that in Acts chapter 6 when it says this, And twelve were summoned, the twelve, that is the, the, the apostles that were gathered together, summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should not give up, that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. What had happened is they were doing church services and more and more the church was growing. And, and the apostles, these that were leading out, they found out that there was a group of women that were not being you know, really treated, the, the Lord's Supper, and, the, and being cared for during the time that they had some community uh, food. And, and they just said, you know, there's a need, and we, we have a heart to do that. It's not that we're too proud that we would go and serve these people, but we're kind of busy with preaching. And we know that God has called us to the preaching. And so why don't we call out, the Bible says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint for this duty. So we saw deacons being called out for, for a purpose, to make sure that everybody was getting the food, everybody was being served, everybody was being cared for within the body of Christ. As we continue on, we begin to see calling out for special assignment. Uh, one of those is found in Acts chapter 12, uh, 13, verse 2 and 3. It says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Here we saw Paul and Barnabas. He's already called of God. But then the church recognized, okay, as they go on this missionary duty, we, we want to send them out. We want to encourage them. We see that they're called out to take the gospel to a land where the gospel had not been preached yet. And so we want to encourage them. And there's three things that we notice about this. Number one, it's God who calls. It's the Holy Spirit who instigated that. The the leadership of the church didn't get together and say, well, you know, we just think that Saul and Barnabas are pretty good guys, and so let's just have a party for them. Let's just kind of tell them how much we love them. There would have been nothing wrong with that, but that's not what's happening here, folks. When they confirmed, ordained this calling out, this setting apart, It was instigated by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. It's God's call that separates that. Not not man just thinking, you know, Jeff, I think you'd be good at this, or I think that you'd be good at that. It's God's call that instigates every bit of what we're doing today. The second part that we see there is that when God calls, uh, it is us who kind of give confirmation that we've seen evidence of this calling. One of the first things that Carly and I kind of uh, saw when we got here eight months ago was uh, uh, I serve ministries. We started going out on the Saturday morning one. Haven't been to the Tuesday morning one, but we started going. And uh, I told Jeff, I said, unless we're deathly sick or something, we will be here for the rest of the time. I said, we were so blessed today. What ministry in action, deed and truth together. It has been a real blessing in our life. But one thing that I started to notice is that a lot of people who had kind of rubbed shoulders with Jeff really confirmed that this guy's called. This guy, God has his hand upon this person. 
Now, Jeff, we don't say that to embarrass you this morning. There are many that God has called, not just to gospel ministry, but in different you know, times, to, to be a godly mom, to be a godly dad, to homeschool. Believe me, if God put upon your heart to homeschool or to, to go to Christian school or to do this, that, and the other, and you respond to God's call, that's what it's all about. And more and more we begin to see in this calling out that it was a time for man to confirm what God had already started. Sometimes that is to a pastoral ministry. I felt that call years ago, even though my first years was in student ministry. Never thought I'd be a pastor. And slowly in those days, God let Carly and I begin to work in our hearts and call us into the pastorate. But all of that was God's call. We just knew that God had called us and that we could rebel against it or we can just rejoice in it. And we've decided for the last 33, for the most part, to rejoice in it. But there's other callings. Have you ever heard of Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son? Uh, Here's a man who will probably never pastor a church. He hasn't pastored as far as I'm aware of and probably never will pastor. But God has called him to a specific ministry, Samaritan's Purse. Now, he's actually also leading his dad's old ministry, the, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Ministries, but, but his main calling on his life is through Samaritan's Purse. And literally millions and millions and millions of people, young children, families all over the world have been helped by that relief effort. He's ordained by a church in Arizona years ago, a calling out, not because he was going to become a pastor of a church, but because God had called him to lead this ministry. So sometimes when we think of this ordaining, we think, okay, do you have to go be a preacher now? Well, certainly, as it says, as you're called into the ministry, that you are to be able to preach and teach, give that testimony of God's word and the gospel. But we see this calling being very kind of specific in, in, in various ways. Here for Paul and for Barnabas, it says, to set them apart for the work that I have called them for. It was God who calls. It wasn't man. It was a time for the people to confirm that. And then there was the sending. They actually sent him off. I've had the great joy of seeing young men, young women being called into the ministry. I was a student of that. One of our ministers growing up, there was five of us that would meet every Friday for discipleship. Four out of those five got called into ministry. It was one of the coolest times of my life. It was in college when we had more than enough to do. And yet it was that time that God began to confirm in my heart and my life that calling. And then there was ascending. We didn't know where it was going to go. We didn't know who we would be ministered. We've, we've been in Oklahoma. We've been in uh, South Georgia, which is an adventure. And then we've been uh, here in the metro area. And then by God's grace, his amazing grace, he brought us to this wonderful people here at Cornerstone. Folks, God's call is an amazing thing. Doesn't it overwhelm you that God would call any of us? Doesn't it overwhelm that he would call us to be part of his family, his sons and his daughters, that we would be able to come and, and that we would say, okay, there's my brother, there's my sister in Christ. That he calls us into this family, not because of merit, not because we've done some great thing to kind of you know, get God's attention. The, the Bible makes it real clear, guys, that even our greatest deeds are like filthy rags before a holy God. Now, God wasn't saying that to, to kind of, you know, it's just, oh, man, you are so bad. No, he was saying, in comparison to my holiness, I just want you to know that even on your best day, your best day, 
You can't gain entrance on your own efforts, your own work, your own abilities into the presence of my holiness. It's a gift of God that has been brought by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel. That we who had no hope have been given hope through his son, Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be, you know, called out? It, It does mean that in your heart and your life, you, you just have this message of the gospel. Now, again, I, I believe that God has called every, every Christian, every believer to be a minister of the gospel in one sense. But some, he says, okay, I called you this for your life. This is going to be the calling upon your life. This is going to dictate every other you know, area of your life. Last Sunday, we, ordained, we invited to the ordained men to come and uh, examine Jeff. And... Uh, Basically, that was three parts. The first part was, tell us about your conversion. Uh, tell us about your calling. And then your beliefs and your theology. He, he was a little bit nervous on that last part. And he did wonderfully well. He, he loves God wonderful. And so today, we're just here to confirm what's already been confirmed in heaven. But what we have been able to witness of but it's also so that we can encourage and participate. Anybody know the name William Carey? Have you ever heard that name? He's a famous Baptist missionary, like the first Baptist missionary back in the 1700s, early 1800s. And God called him to, to India. And again, don't think of India present day. Think of India back in the 1700s, 1800s. Guys, truly, not only was that going to the other side of the world, but it was just unknown. There wasn't the internet. You couldn't Skype. You couldn't do all these things back and forth. You truly were leaving everything that was familiar and going to, the, uh, to a place where just everything was unfamiliar. And yet God called William Carey to go. And this was what his words were in response to the church and the people that were sending him. He said, God has laid upon my heart that India is a deep gold mine of people. And God has called me to go down into the shaft, deep down where the people lay. But I need somebody to hold the ropes. And that's what we get to do, guys. We get to hold the ropes of every minister. Not just Jeff today, but we get to hold the ropes. We get to be the people that, you know, as that person who's been called and they follow God's call and they go deep down into that chasm to do the ministry that God has called them there are people there at the surface going, okay, hold on to this rope because if we let go, there's no telling what's going to happen to this guy. I love how William Carey put that. And even though it was several hundred years ago, it applies today. And that's the invitation that we give today. So the first part of this, before Jeff comes and, and uh, gives a, a short testimony, and I told him that it could be short. So if he does it short, it's not because he only had a few words to say. It's, if you know Jeff, he's, he's never at loss with telling about the greatness of God. But, uh, but I, you know, I told him that he'd keep it very short. But um, part of the ordaining council from last week, I'm here to say that it was unanimous, that, that we do believe, uh, after examining him, that uh, very much God has called Jeff. We see the fruit of that ministry, and we, on behalf of that council, confirm unanimously uh, that we agree that God has called him. We've seen testimony of that. Jeff, you come and share with us today. Good morning. 
this Sunday is a lot easier than last week. I just want to let y'all let y'all know that. Um, as Bobby said, I, I'm very embarrassed to uh, for this to be about to be about me because it's not. Quick, Jeff. Um, my, my my testimony, my story, my conversion. It's uh, I was born into a, a family that uh, still today. If, uh, if anything happened to my parents or my brothers, they would go to hell. And that's tough for me to say, because I was in that same situation. Because uh, when growing up, nobody shared the gospel with me. Uh, smart guy. Um, just nobody invited me and nobody shared the gospel with me. Um, and then, uh, it, it, by all examples, I should be dead in a gutter somewhere and spending an eternity away from God. Uh, but real quick, a, a gentleman, uh, Robert, at a Pine Hills Tabernacle pursued me. Um, pursued me, pursued me, pursued me, like Luke fifteen four, where he left the 99 and went and chased the one. He uh, he chased me. I, I seriously thought it was a cult where he would come in my front door. He would come in my backyard. He did not give up on me. And in the driveway of my house in, in Pine Hills, Florida, I opened that door and allowed Jesus to come into my life. Now granted, it wasn't an instant transformation. I had a long ways to go. I had some habits and some stuff that I wasn't very proud of. And, and, and somebody asked me last week, and, and, and someone asked me this week, Jeff, how, how, can, you, how can you allow them to, to ordain you? And, and in my devotions this morning, in Acts 9, in Acts 9 uh, verse 17, it says, So Ananias went out and found Saul. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and 15. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And as most of us know, sorry, as most of us know, Saul wasn't very nice to people. Um, and uh, so fast forward, uh, we were going to a, a big church in Orlando, and, and, and my wife and I, we felt... We felt called to, to go and, and, and leave the, that comfort and, and go do some ministry work. Somehow he brought us to northeast Georgia where we knew nobody. We left a job. We left all of our family. We left everything we knew to, to come up here and, and, and do ministry. But we had no idea what it was. Um, we started uh, uh, another local church around here. And I was a deacon. I helped in the youth with Jason. And uh, still at that, at that, we felt like we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. And, and of course, our, my gut said, no, no, we're doing good. We're doing good. We teach Sunday school. We teach the youth. We're a deacon. We're doing all this stuff. And he continued to call us out. Um, and five years ago, we, uh, a little over five years ago, we, we got together with Jason and Kristen and, and said, hey, we want to do something different. We want to. Some churches are doing ministry well. Some aren't. We wanted to, to do what the Bible says, to love the widows, the orphans, and the poor, and show churches how to do that. And, and so we launched I Serve Ministries. Um, and, and Jason, you know, it's funny. This all comes full circle. Jason says, you know, hey, we can start a church and you can preach. And I said, no, 
I don't think that's what I don't think that's what we're we're, we're called to do right now. And uh, so we launched iServe Ministries, and it's literally it seems like as soon as we launched iServe Ministries, Sherry, my beautiful bride, was was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. Um, our middle daughter uh, became pregnant, and uh, I'll be honest, I became real mad. I yelled at God, attack, let them attack me, not my family. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Did we give up? No. It just means we had to fight harder because we knew what we were doing was right. We knew it. And so we're doing ministry. I had a corporate job at Best Buy. Worked 60 hours a week. Tried to do the ministry. Wasn't working. So we kept hearing, hey, you got to do more. you got to do more. Hey, but that comfort, that comfort of that, two, that paycheck every two weeks is very comforting. Very comforting. So what do we do? We feel the call to love on people. We step away from a paycheck. Now we rely on Him. Is it easy? No. Do we know where our next paycheck is coming from? No. Is that a sob story? No. That was the call on us. And 1 John 3.18 says, and this is something I'm, I'm big on, is, dear children... Let's not merely love on them with words. Let us show the truth by actions. And that's what we feel called to do, is love the least of these. Because it's easy to love somebody that looks like you. It's easy to someone, love on someone that dresses like you. It's easy to love on someone that believes the same thing as you. And that's where we're at. And when Bobby came here and even when Pastor D was here, you know, those questions that had stirred up in me about, hey, what, what does it mean to be ordained? I feel like, obviously, this is where we're going. And, and, you know, we left the corporate world. We left this. We gave it all up. And it's for Him. And that's why this day is silly to me. Because it's not about Jeff. I'm embarrassed. I didn't tell people. Because, not that I'm ashamed of the gospel. Never, never, never. If you know me, anywhere I go, I'm going to tell the gospel. I'm going to get a chance to share the gospel. Because he saved a wretch like me. Saved a wretch. Those songs right there are my life. Are my life. My mom and dad, they have no idea what's going on here today. I mean, they do. I told them. But they don't understand. When, when we quit Best Buy, we drove home to Florida to tell them. I'm, quit, I'm about to finish, Bobby. <laughs> when we drove home to Florida to tell my mom and dad, my dad looks at me and goes, people are dying for jobs. And you're walking away from one. That's, that's the world's mindset. So for all of you out there... and, and Bobby hit it on the head last week. We're all called. But we're all called to something different. And, and I'm humbled 
for today. Last week, this week I cried. Growing up, I never would have anticipated this. Am I thankful? Yes. Am I thankful for the... There's a Papa John back in Orlando, a Greg Lockie back in Orlando, Robert at First Tabernacle, the gentleman that sat on my council yesterday, uh, last week. I'm so thankful for a, a Papa here that took me in as his own to love on me. And as you walk out, there's a cross that's standing by the door. Sherry's grandfather made that. And this man just poured wisdom into my life. Loved me, loved me, loved me, just like a good, good father that we have. If you're doubting anything today, slow down. Pray and listen. Because he's tugging at your heart for something. Are you willing to give it up? Do you have enough faith to let it go and trust him? I went over my five minutes. Sorry, workers in the back. Cornerstone. Friends that are here that made a special sacrifice to come here today. Thank you. And Lord, thank you for saving me when I was unsavable. Lord, we love you and we praise you. I don't want to cheapen the experience because there's a part in this ordination that we see biblically displayed with Paul and Timothy where there was a charge. And so you're still going to get the full charge this morning. Uh, don't think by going over your allotted time that I'm, I'm a, you know, whittle down that. Uh, but seriously, brother, uh, when we open up the Word of God, we, we do see that Paul and his care for Timothy, he began to charge him and charge him with the preaching of the gospel. And we see a time within this calling out that, that there is a responsibility. Something of great value comes with great responsibility. And, and so this morning, Jeff, I, just, I, I do want to be brief about it. Though. I, I want to go to one of your favorite passages, is 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. There's three verses there. Uh, you, you've lived that out as a testimony of your calling. And I want to visit those, and I want to charge you with that this morning. 1 John 3.16, it's, it's always been one of those, uh, you know, you love, you love John 3.16, how God so loved the world that he gave his son that we could know him. Well, in 1 John 3.16, same author, but a different book that he wrote, he says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We go from this invitation, we go to this instruction now, that says, okay, because Christ did this, because now you know Christ, this is a call that Christ has upon your life, that you lay down your life. That's our theme in our vision for 2016, Cornerstone, that by dying, that we really are going to be living life, that this is the call of the gospel. And so we begin to see that, that we're responding. This isn't something that we come up on our own. As you said, Jeff, 
it's nothing that you generated. You didn't all of a sudden just start thinking humanitarian thoughts. No, no, God in heaven, holy God in heaven called you, called you into salvation, and now has called you into ministry so that you could be a, a demonstration of this. Verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? You kind of understand a little bit of where this book comes in the New Testament. John outlived all the other apostles. He's writing this as a grandfather of the church. He's writing it probably later than just about every other uh, book except for Revelation, right there at the, the end of John's life. And, and so he's had time now to see Christianity kind of go through a generation of people. Isn't it interesting that after watching Christianity come on board and then go through, that John didn't say, okay, now, and where it's really at is deep, deep theology. He didn't say where it's really at, where, where the rubber meets the road, is that you can quote all these verses. No, he said, you know, if we've truly been changed by this Christ who's come and saved us, that the natural response, the supernatural response, is that we would have this desire to give our life away. He said, it doesn't make sense that I would see somebody who's needy, and yet I have, and I don't try to at least use what God has blessed me with. He wasn't talking about, you know, communistic, socialistic kind of. He wasn't talking about a governmental type of theory. He's talking about just this natural call that real Christianity, based on the gospel and God's call upon our lives, makes a difference in other people's lives. At the end of the day, if all we've done is met in the four walls of a church and it's never penetrated those who don't know Christ outside, it's never made a difference in a hungry stomach or in a, a tearful single mom or in this, that, and the other. Folks, what do we have? We have a club. We have a social club. And that's not what God has called us to. He's called us to ministry. When Paul, Jeff, wrote to Timothy, here's what he said. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Not just these people that hear this today. Paul goes back and he pulls out the big guns and he says, I put this charge on you and I'm coming with the authority of God and with the authority of the work of Christ who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. And here's the charge. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. It, it goes on, but, but that captures right there, Jeff, the call of a minister of the gospel. Preach the word. Well, we do that a lot of different ways. I think that's what Paul meant by be ready in season and out of season, that it wasn't just on sunny morning from 11 to 12 that we would preach the word. I, I truly believe that he calls us in season and out of season to preach the word in a lot of different ways. Some of the best sermons you've ever heard, I promise you, were not on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. So on a Friday night or a Saturday morning at serve or this place or that place. And you saw real Christianity, the teeth of Christianity, not just because some guy got up there and it was his job to kind of you know, expound upon a, a couple verses, but you saw what it really meant to live the transformed life. Jeff, I thank you that you have done that. 
Uh, I've seen that action in your life, brother. You've dealt lovingly and yet firmly with those that God has called you to. You you have what I call a trench ministry in in the trenches. Uh, Not everybody gets dressed up to come to your ministry. Not everybody says, you know, okay, I'm going to put on my Sunday morning face. They're there in the rawness of their lives, the hurt of their lives, the exposure of their life. And, And I've seen you lovingly love on them, but I've also seen you being firm with them at times. Because that's the call here. He said, look, this word, this word that we're preaching is a double-edged sword. On one side, it's compassion. On this other side, it's correction. It's a correcting word of God, but it's also this compassionate word of God. And as a minister of the gospel, that, that's what we're wielding. I mean, that's the only thing that we have. It's the word of God, this instruction of truth. But I want you to know, it is double-edged. It, it both restores, but it also brings comfort. It corrects and it rebukes. Your favorite verse, Jeff. First John 3.18 Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed in truth. Jeff, one without the other is an incomplete gospel. If we preach all the theology of the gospel but no deed, no loving, no true love to, to those that are around us. We have not completed the task that God has called us to. But, but let's also understand that if we did nothing but feed people, there's a lot of organizations that, that feed people with millions and millions and millions of pounds of food every year. And, and I'm grateful for this, but if they don't give the gospel, here's the thing that we've, we've got to get this in our mind, guys. We have given them a better life for 20, 30, or 40, or 50 years, but we have not told them about eternal life. And so I'm grateful for those non-faith-based, uh, you know, ministries that are out there or, or people that are out there that, that put food in people's bellies. I, I'm grateful for that. But that's not the call that we see here. We see... Deed and truth. What is the truth? It's the gospel message. That there is never a place that you can be in your entire life. I don't care how dark it gets. There is never a place that you can be in so much darkness that the light of Christ cannot come in and transform your life. And if you didn't hear anything else this morning, I pray that you hear that. Jeff is a living example of that. He's got kind of a hard story. But, but you please hear this from my heart this morning. If you grew up with a Christian mama and daddy and you were taking to church every week, and this, you are just as much a miracle. You are just as lost, I promise you. It is a miracle of God that God would show mercy upon you, give you grace and the work of his son to change you and transform you. At the foot of the cross, the ground is completely level. There is not somebody that by birth got a few steps ahead of you. And I promise you, by birth and by life circumstance, you are not behind anybody else. You are there at the foot of the cross. And Christ has done his redeeming work. And there will never be a a, a time in your life that that he is not uh, there to to call you, to, 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 to call upon your heart, to trust in that work. And so I close today, Jeff, with with this word back to Paul and Timothy. After he charged him to wield this this sword, this double-edged sword of of both 
comfort but also and, and compassion, but also uh, to, to uh, bring about confession and change in, in life. Here, here's how he kind of ended that part of it. He said, as for you, he's talking to Timothy, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of the evangelist, always handle the, the gospel. It's the most important thing that you have. And look at those last three words, brother. Fulfill your ministry. Some of the most beautiful words. It's, man, God's called you. Fulfill your ministry, brother. Tuesday morning, backpacks. Saturday morning, I serve this, that, and the other. Mentoring. Fulfill your ministry. This is what God has called you to. Well, you're simply here today, not to, to make much of you, but to make much of the God who has called you, but to confirm upon you, brother, that we see this. And we, are, we, we challenge ourselves today to be rope holders in the ministry that God has called you to. Now, Jeff, I'm going to ask you to come and you can... Uh, I, I didn't have pillows when, when I got ordained. It was just a hard old floor. And I want you to bow right there. And I, I'm going to ask the... Uh, if you're an ordained man, to, to come today, to, uh, to, uh, to come. That's what we see biblically. We see the men that have been ordained as a deacon, as a minister, to, to come and to, to lay hands on. I promise you we have nothing special about us, but we're just confirming upon that. So, so today, if you've been ordained as a deacon, if you've been ordained as a minister, you want to come and pray for Jeff at this time. We're going to come and, and pray. Uh, uh, Ricky's going to just pray, play kind of softly in the background. And... Uh, just to have that time where we can just love on Jeff and encourage him today.
if you'd come here for uh, just a moment. It's a piece of paper, certificate of ordination. It's probably worth about as much as it costs them to print it in one way. But I pray that it will serve as a reminder of this day and that calling. Not because you have a piece of paper, because holy God himself sent a personal call upon your life. And uh, this is your sword. I know you probably have a lot of Bibles. If you're like me, you probably have 12 Bibles at home. And, and yet we want you to have a Bible on the day of your ordination to, to remind you of uh, the people that love you, that want to encourage you, that just uh, support you this day. And so we love you, brother. We, you, we, you encourage us. We want to be an encouragement to you. And uh, your father-in-law is going to come and have a closing prayer with us now. There he is right there. Father, we to come to you today just to uh, thank you for uh, this ceremony and uh, this body of believers. We just... Uh, want you to uh, know that we are proud of Jeff and that uh, we've seen him come a long ways. We've seen him come from a time when he wouldn't even speak in Sunday school. Now it's kind of hard to get him to shut up. <laughs> he, we are proud of it, but we just uh, want you to continue to bless him and his family and give him all the good things in life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.